This is the Cato Daily Podcast for Thursday, July 14, 2016. I'm Caleb Brown. The Congressional Budget Office indicates that so-called tax extenders will drive higher federal deficits and debt in the decades to come. Dan Mitchell, senior fellow at the Cato Institute, argues the CBO's projections about what future Congresses will do with future revenues shouldn't be made with a straight face. CBO released its new long-run budget outlook. And of course, the big takeaway is that the debt situation's even worse than it was the last time they did one of these reports. Uh, of course, the takeaway from some of the journalists that, oh, it's the fault of, uh, of, of tax breaks. Uh, but in reality, if you look at the numbers, what it very clearly shows and what CBO even admits is that our long-run problem exists solely 100 percent because government is growing faster than the private economy. Is CBO encouraged to make that clear? One would think that uh, with, with Republicans in control of both houses of Congress that they would want the CBO to make it clear that spending is the problem. The, the CBO document is, is mostly dry and technical. Uh, it's 118 pages filled with charts and numbers. To the extent there's economic analysis, I actually think it leans to the left because CBO has historically always believed in Keynesian economics in the short run. And in the long run, they think that what drives the economy is deficits. So uh, if you have a higher deficit, that's bad for the economy because you're crowding out private investment. I'm sure a little bit of that happens, so I don't fully object to that analysis. But CBO takes it to such a crazy extreme that if you raise taxes, they will say, with a straight face, that in the long run, that's very good for growth. Because in theory, politicians will collect all the revenue they estimate. They won't spend it all. They'll use it for deficit reduction. And therefore, there'll be more private investment. And I think that they're just wildly wrong in terms of the actual underlying empirical analysis of how higher taxes affect the economy. From the report, uh, they say that federal debt will rise to 122% of the economy in 2040 compared to a projection of 107% last year. Is there something magical about debt eclipsing 100% of the economy? Yes and no. Uh, it depends what uh, what investors think of the credibility of your government. Uh, if you're Portugal and your debt climbs to 122% of GDP, people think, well, we just don't trust them to pay it back. And you have a Greek-style fiscal crisis, which, of course, Portugal basically already had. Uh, but the IMF and the Troika and everyone else rushed in to bail them out. Japan, on the other hand, has government debt of more than 200% of GDP. And while I happen to think that Japan is a powder keg waiting to explode at some point in time, it hasn't happened yet. People are still willing, mostly the Japanese themselves, they're still willing to buy Japanese government debt, even though the demographics of the country are terrible, even though there's been almost no growth over the last uh, 25 years. Uh, Yet, you still have extremely low interest rates on government debt, which are a sign that investors trust the Japanese government. Why? I don't quite know, especially for for long-run debt. What does a relatively small change in the, however measured, credibility of the U.S. government when it comes to paying its obligations, what does that do to the amount of money that has to be committed to debt service? In theory, if people suddenly begin to lose faith in a government, or at least if uh, even if it begins to erode just a little bit, they might begin to say, well, we're not going to buy U.S. government bonds anymore at 2%. Maybe we'll 
ask for 2.5% because we want to factor in what's called the risk premium that uh, the U.S. government might not pay back the people who are buying the bonds. At this point in time, especially for anything uh, 10-year, 20-year or less, I I think people have zero reason to fear that the U.S. government will default. Uh, Even when we have these so-called debt limit fights, I mean, nobody really thinks the government's going to default. So for better or worse, uh, there's no real danger of default right now. What there is a danger of and what comes across in that CBO report is that the burden of government spending continues to grow and grow and grow. And I think in the both in the short, medium, and long run, what that does, is it slowly saps the vitality of the economy because more and more resources are being allocated by politicians and bureaucrats and fewer resources are being allocated by market forces. I mean, there's a reason the big government welfare states of Europe tend to be so economically stagnant. You can't have government consuming 50% of your economy without suffering some economic consequences. One of the things about the CBO report that unfortunately very few people are paying attention to is that they are showing, because of what's called real bracket creep, i.e. the fact that even modest levels of economic growth slowly but surely push people into higher tax brackets, the CBO report points out that tax revenues are going to grow considerably above their long-run average over the next 10, 20, 30, 40 years. Uh, so the burden of, the, of red ink that we're facing in the future is 100% plus the result of a rising burden of government spending. If we had even a modest amount of spending restraint, so instead of, say, government growing at 6 or 7% a year, let's say it grew at 3 or 4% a year, all these very scary numbers that are in this CBO report would basically evaporate because the key thing about long-run fiscal policy, it's trend lines. If the trend line of government spending is growing faster than the trend line of private sector economic output, sooner or later you're going to have a deep economic crisis. Uh, On the other hand, if you can flip that around and have something like, say, the Swiss debt break, which is a spending cap, and government only grows 2, 3, or 4% a year, in all likelihood, government will be stable in terms of its burden on the private sector. And it could very well be if spending is only growing, say, 2% a year, the burden of government spending shrinks as a share of GDP. So we know what good fiscal policy is smaller government. We know it's all about the trend lines and trying to flatten out that cost curve of government spending. But the bad news is that this CBO report, simply stated, is showing that government is growing much too fast in the future. And that's why we have these very scary numbers. Dan Mitchell is a senior fellow at the Cato Institute. Subscribe to this podcast at iTunes, Google Play, and with Cato's iOS app. And follow us on Twitter at Cato Podcast.